Hello, Adulting Well listeners. This is Pepper, a.k.a. Joshua, a.k.a. Pepper, here to tell you about Anchor. So we used to host our podcast on another service, and we had this show for maybe three or four years at this point. And we got some metrics and things, but we didn't have a lot to do with them. And we recently switched over to Anchor. And what's amazing about it is it has all the metrics for the show. So you can see, you know, how many downloads you get and things like that. But it it also lets you engage with the audience uh, in ways that our old service couldn't. So, for instance, we can have polls. We can ask listeners to uh, leave us messages and questions and things like that. And we can uh, put them on the air super easily and answer those questions. Just uh, that's just one example. But there are just a lot of different ways that we can um, engage with you now that we're using Anchor. So uh, this is our first ad, and it's for this service that we're using to provide this podcast to you. And I think it's uh, actually a really, really good service. Um, And if you have a podcast, I recommend it. You can download the Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Uh, Thanks for uh, pausing with me for a second. Now back to the episode. Hello and welcome to the Adulting Well podcast. I am your co-host Joshua and I'm so excited to have this guest on today again. But first, let me introduce my wonderful co-host. Kevin. And we have Daryl Lamont Jenkins on the the, uh, show again. And I got to say, (laughs) Daryl... I don't have much to say because I want to listen. There's a lot going we on. Basically, in the world. Uh, we basically threw up the bat signal yeah. to Daryl, and we were like, "We we got to talk to you right now because things have made you know a lot of history making things are happening right now." And um, I'm just uh, you know, as we speak, the 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 lunatic in chief is is in Tulsa. With so six of his you? campaign staff, sick. So, anyway, I know. how are you? What's happening? Well, I'm I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I've been, as you could probably guess, very busy, uh, and uh, it's no thanks to um, our lunatic in chief trying to pick a fight with us directly. And I, we are all prepared for this. We're pretty much all prepared for this. I mean, why do you think he's so obviously? Picking a fight by daring people, basically, to everything. Well, see, everything that Donald Trump has done since he came down that escalator five years ago, everything he has done has been whatever it is the people that like him want him to do. Mm hmm. Unfortunately, the people that like him are the scum of the universe, but it doesn't matter. He needs the accolades. He needs that kind of life affirmation. So he basically follows their lead. Do you feel he even knows what the word Antifa means? Right, right. Yeah, I I get that impression, too. He doesn't know. (laughs) He he doesn't care. Is it better? But uh, do you feel like there's been some kind of sea change in the general tone around the president. I feel like the media is finally turning on him. I mean, I think the media is just basically looking for um, anything to write about. I mean, 
Right. They're sensationalists by by habit, you know. So that I I, I never really get into the whole thing about liberal media, conservative media. Well, I do say conservative media because there's definitely a media out there that is decidedly leaning right because they want to lean right. I'm talking yeah. about all all mainstream media besides Fox News when I say mainstream okay. media. Well, well, when you talk about the liberal media, the liberal media, so-called liberal media, is not really right. all that liberal. I mean, exactly. it's as liberal as the conservatives that run it. Let's be real. They're calling and, the president a racist now on the news, and they weren't four years ago. And I don't really understand what changed other than they think he's going to lose. What changed is that you're now hearing the input from everybody who's sick of him. Yeah. Effectively. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were, I mean, people have always been complaining about Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. We weren't burning cities to the ground, however. And that's what's made the difference. Now that that has happened, people are starting to go, okay, well, what's going on here? As if they didn't know. And now people are trying to take this seriously because for the most part, the community made it happen. My dad voted for Donald Trump. And (laughs) last year, my dad thought Black Lives Matter was like a terrorist group coming to get him. This yeah. this yeah. last week, he posted in support of Black Lives Matter with like this huge written thing he wrote that was very touching. So something happened. Was it just that we, the burning down of the – is that it? You know what? It, it happened with Ferguson and it happened with Baltimore and, and mm-hmm. to some extent Baton Rouge. Um, it was just basically like no one listens until that happens. Mm. Unfortunately, I mean, and, and, and it really ticks me off because mm-hmm. the fact of the matter is, um, as I've been saying for the past couple of weeks, we have the tools to fix this. We mm-hmm. always have. It's kind of like it's kind of like watching um, Wizard of Oz. She always had the ability to click her heels three times and right, right. home. Somebody right. just didn't tell her that. The difference between Dorothy and us is that we know this. Mm-hmm. And we just don't do it. Now we're saying, okay, <clears throat> excuse me. Now we're saying, okay, we'll use the tools. I mean, yeah, it sure. happened with Charlottesville even. Mm-hmm. When Charlottesville mm-hmm. happened, all of a sudden, the alt-right became persona non grata. Why did it take them killing somebody for that to happen? Right. Why? I don't know. I mean, that's the yeah. I, that's the million dollar that's, question. That's, that's that's the thing I always. That's what I always wonder. And it's like it's it's kind of the way I hear people talk about Republicans now. I'm like, mm-hmm. dude, what do you like? They've always okay. You're 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 now saying Republicans are bad. You know, it's <laughs> it's, it's it's like it's the same. I don't see anything really that different going on with the bad guys. No, you know it's it's interesting. You well, see everything different going on with well, us. Yeah, exactly. So the 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 biggest difference is the <laughs> when you have somebody killed in the way that this went down, that is so obvious and so huh. brutal, and the entire event filmed. You know, you can't, there's just no there's no room to argue. Finally, it's indefensible, right? Yeah. That, yeah. And it's, it, and it's really, quite honestly, fucking unfortunate that this is what it took. 
Okay, not only did we have the cities burning down, but also the video. That yeah. really was is what motivates a lot of this. Um, uh, my lady friend up in Providence um, just last night saw a pregnant woman being hogtied, and after she was hogtied, beaten down by the police in Providence. Mm. And she is upset because she thought she was videotaping it, and she didn't. So now that story is going to go is going to fall through the cracks, um, or maybe not, since I brought it up. So do um, people understand when they see a video, it, it means it's happened a million times? You know, absolutely. I mean, it's a whole thing. It's that whole culture where they say pictures or it didn't happen. Well, that's a lie. It's happened. You just never saw it. Now you see it. So what are we going to do? And I'm going to tell you something about George Floyd. And I made this point in some video that I did on Instagram. This one was really different. We have seen videos of people getting killed by the police before. This mm -hmm. one was, was people telling the police officers, get off his neck. They weren't pleading with him. They were yelling at him to do it. They were yeah. yelling at all four of those officers to, to stop. He is killing. He's telling you he can't breathe. He's not moving. He's not talking. Get your knee off his neck. This went on for eight minutes. Eight minutes. They had to sit there and watch him die. And slowly. And there was nothing else they can do unless except, or they will find themselves under that knee. Or right. find themselves killed. That's scary. That's really scary, and, right? And you want to know why Minneapolis lashed out? That's why Minneapolis lashed out. It was only a couple of years ago that Philando Castile was killed just yeah. in one of their suburbs. Yep. And and it, it was it was they was at a breaking point. And, oh, a matter of fact, the last time Minneapolis blew up was Jamal Clark. And they and Black Lives Matter was out there protesting um against that, you know, and uh you had knuckleheads trying to um shoot people from the right or trying to run into them with their cars and all that silly nonsense. And here we go again with Minneapolis, and they can't take it anymore. And then everybody else across the country said, you know what, we can't take it anymore either. We well, have across, been across the world, world. yeah. <laughs> Nobody can take it anymore. I mean, it's it's like, and that's the thing that I find, and why I so badly wanted to get you back on today is that you know, I mean, it, the boiling point was there. It just basically took a little salt in the water to get this thing going, right? Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And I think that salt in the water was a seeing George Floyd die the way he did, and b the city's blowing up all over the country. Yeah. Now, this is, I think this is going to be it. We are going to see some sort of reform. We're um, seeing chokeholds getting banned all over the place right now. Mm -hmm. Chokeholds well, are getting banned right now. I mean, that's something. Well, right now it's token. How it, how it, it remains to be seen how long it will last. That's what we got. That's what we have to wait for. And it's going to take years before we see that. But the one thing that we do know is that we got to keep the pressure on if we're going to maintain, if we're going to see these things um, change the way we want them to change. People talk about defunding the police now. Now, you know, they said that after 
after um what's his face um from Ferguson was acquitted. They said they said that then. Oh right, yeah. People yeah. looked at it. People looked at it. Folks who say that and go, well, who's going to protect you? The response is, you're not protecting us now. But it still went through the cracks. This time, we're reinforcing it over and over and over again. Defund the police or um, or just straight up abolish the police. Bottom line is, the police aren't doing their job. So why give it to them? And, well, no, and, and, not only that, I mean, they, they basically turned into the military, and that's why they're taking so much money. Yeah, then there's that. <laughs> right? I mean, what, I mean, what, in, what in the world do they need all this money for and these weapons? <laughs> and it's sad, too, because I was watching John Oliver just last week, and he brought that up. He yeah. brought it up that he had an entire segment on his show just six years ago about that very thing. Um, I'm not a big fan of Bill Maher, but he even brought it up just before um, Ferguson happened. And now here we are again. Now, yes, demilitarizing the police is one thing. But the reason why folks say defund the police is because a lot of the funding that police get should be going to things that will help build a community, that will help grow the community. Is one of the things I keep saying is that when you build a community, you protect the community that way as well. Mm-hmm. Because all of a sudden, mm-hmm. people have a reason to live. People have a reason to preserve themselves, their community, their future. You know, they don't have that now. And instead, they have people who have the utmost contempt for them in their streets saying that they're protecting them when they're actually killing them. Mm-hmm. And that is where we just simply said, all right, enough's enough because we have done everything you've said we needed to do to get ahead in life and you're still killing us. So we're going to change the game. We don't have to have police, or at least not in the form that we have them now. We can do this differently, and we're going to. That's amazing. Yeah. So I, I, I hope, yeah. I, I, I like any, anything that sounds even slightly hopeful, I just grab onto right now. Well, <laughs> yeah. I'll, give, I'll, give you, I'll give you a little hopeful, because I've been live-feeding this, the stuff at the rally. One, there was basically one arrest of a protester, and she was in line. <laughs> They, they took her out of line and charged her with trespassing because she was wearing an I can't breathe T-shirt, not because she was bothering anybody. In fact, she said that the people around her were being quite polite to her, even though they didn't agree with her T-shirt. The cops came in, dragged her off, and charged her with trespassing. So that's going to really look good for the Tulsa police. Um, so now we can't even silently protest with a T-shirt on at Trump rallies. The upper deck, which they expected the whole place to be packed, was not – there was nobody up there at all. So there's there's it. photos of like an it. empty an entire empty uh, top section of this of this place right. Um, there was no overflow crowd. They canceled their their speeches outside. Him and Pence. Um, this just didn't materialize, you know. I, and I'm not saying count Trump out. We cannot underestimate this guy by any means. But um, people are really starting to like take this movement and one that you've been involved in. Your whole life, Daryl. I mean, really, seriously. And um, I want to point out something in regards to that. Um, regards to that, 
person who was um, arrested for trespassing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, um, I, when I was in the Air Force, I was a cop. I was a law enforcement specialist. And I remember one time we was in a seminar and one of my colleagues was talking about the time he had um, arrested a drunk driver or apprehended, as we called it back then. Um, now, the guy ended up getting off. I do not recall the particulars about the um, case, but he ended up getting cleared of all the charges. And the dude went past um, my colleague and joked about it and said, hey, look, you couldn't get me on anything. And my colleague said, I got you off the street that night. Now, oh, wow. back then, remember I, remember, I am like 18, 19 years old. This is like my first real world experience being in the military and all that. Um, back then I thought, okay, that's our mission. Just make sure that everything's cool. Um, no matter what happens later. That's that great what they did. And it was wrong. That's what they mm. did today. And it was pure wrong. You don't just get people off the street because you don't want them there. You have to have a valid reason. She had a ticket. And this brings yeah. me to that other egregious thing that they pulled a couple of weeks ago outside Lafayette Park in Washington, D.C. And Donald Trump cleared all the um, protesters out using troops to do so just so he can have a photo op in front of that church. Mm-hmm. The problem with me, the problem I see with that is not Donald Trump. The problem is us. Because as I said before, we have the tools to correct the things that are wrong right now. And we definitely did not use the tools in the case of what Donald Trump did a couple of weeks ago. And we have to use those tools with what happened with this protester. Not even a protester. I apologize for that. With this woman who was picked up today. Because the only thing they expect from us is finger wagging and harsh language. We got to give them more than that. We have right. got to give them more than that. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem, and that's the problem with um, we have had with Donald Trump for the past um, five years. Well, going back to the to the Lafayette Square um, incident too. I mean, I think, and this is one of the things I got into something, you know, because I can't help myself with a conservative about, and he said, you know, thanks for feigning your concern. But the fact of the matter is that not only were protesters ejected from that area, but the clergy that were working on the porch of the church on church property, giving out water, snacks, uh, masks, uh, hand sanitizer, were also ejected, which, you know, it's funny how clear and, and uh, you know, exact people are about the words of the Constitution when it makes sense for them. But when there's religious freedom being violated directly by the president, it somehow gets a pass with his and I'm not even going to call them his supporters. They're his fans. I mean, it's really <laughs> what they are, you know. And you know, so this guy is like, "Oh, you're fe- you know, you're feigned outrage and all this other stuff." And I'm like, "It's funny because if the shoe was on the other foot, and you know, say the um, the police and the National Guard removed Falwell from his school for exposing people to COVID, right. you know, y- you all would be having a goddamn you know stroke about it." But here we are. We got we got clergy members being removed from church property that were sent there by the archbishop of that, you know, diocese by the Trump administration and the police working for him to get that photo op. So there's a missed opportunity on reporting on the violation of the First Amendment as well on that end, which is much clearer and more concise. Right. I mean, 
clearly they could make a case for whatever they were talking about that people were throwing rocks or whatever. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't even know that that's true, but you know, but you're going to remove clergy from their own property. That's what makes it irrelevant too. Yeah. That part right there. And I'm glad you're using the word fans as opposed to um, supporters because it just reminded me what Prince said a couple of years back. A fan is short for fanatic. Exactly. Um, mm-hmm. And one of the things that I will say is that everybody's waiting until November to solve this problem. That is an indication that you can't wait until November because Lord knows this, the summer just started. Today's the solstice. Summer just started. There's going to be a lot of things going on in, um, in the next couple of months that makes you wonder, can we actually wait until November? And it may sound a little hyperbolic. It may sound a little radical, but people are out in the streets because they are scared that we are waiting until November and November might not go the way we want it to. And we have to do something to stop this. Not even. Yeah. I mean, and even if it does go the way we want it to, there's, there's other threats to other you know, the, the election. Although there has been a few rumblings about the, 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 the small core of the, military that actually you know enforces a peaceful transition of power let's just say that they aren't subject to the rules of the chain of command going to the current commander-in-chief so well, i'm you know honestly i gotta be real i'm not too worried about that he loses yep. the election he loses the election he'll complain about it being rigged he'll talk he'll talk a good game about how he's going to kick all the ass in the world and try to stay in there <laughs> The media will say that he he might not leave, and then he'll end up not going to the inauguration because he's so pissed off. He'll put together another rally, and everybody who starts screaming about Trump 2024 while they investigate the election, and that's what's going to happen. <laughs> it's a no. But, but I, I I agree. I think that this the momentum that's happening right now needs to continue. The pressure needs to stay on. It needs to continue and the pressure needs to be kept on him because what's going on right now is not a show. What happened in Lafayette Park, somebody could have died. Somebody could die tonight as everybody's leaving the um, stadium. While we're happy to see that um, he didn't have a lot of people in that stadium, there's no telling what's going to happen when the protesters meet the sickle fans. You know, mm-hmm. we're probably still going to hear a story coming out of this, especially since Donald Trump greenlit everybody with the um with the tweet that he put out. Right. I mean, right. Why? You know, it's it, it, that brings me to the other thing. Yeah, what, I definitely. This is something I definitely wanted to talk about. <laughs> I text you that the last tweet today. <laughs> See, here's where this here's where that tw- the initial tweet about Antifa came. Um, is yeah. is definitely a warning sign because he doesn't have the power to label Antifa terrorist organization. He's going to rant and rave about Antifa till the day he leaves office and beyond. Okay. But the thing is that even if he doesn't have the power to do anything to us, his supporters, his fanatics, think that they have the power to do what they want to do. Yeah, so they think they're know, killing terrorists. Exactly. They think they're okay, terrorists. We're a terrorist organization, so it's on. And we're not. That's one thing. And the violence that they are complaining about stopped. 
stopped to a large degree. So the people that they are attacking, and they have been attacking them. Yep. Oh yeah. That's the other part that we got to get to have been peaceful protesters. They have been. They have been. They have not raised a hand to anyone. They have been laying their hands on them, and the police haven't been doing a thing. So, really quick on that point, I, I just something that I noticed, and and you know this this the original tweet about labeling Antifa a terrorist organization. I mean, obviously, there's the obvious problems with that. <laughs> you know, the ones in which, you know, anti-fascism is a belief and not an organization. And there's lots mm-hmm. and lots of anti-fascist organizations out there, none of which are, are terrorist organizations. Um, the other problem, though, that I think is is really interesting and why, you know, you're seeing like this whole push from Barr and Trump to try to to uh, – to prosecute so-called members of this non-existent organization um, is what's interesting to me. And what I like a point I tried to get across that was just completely missed with even some of my, you know, so-called liberal friends was that these aren't the kind of protests where Antifa needs to show up as black bloc and fight fascists because these protests are basically protests to you know, against the the fascism that we're seeing against exactly. Black Americans, so they're not going to be there ready to fight uh, anybody because they have no reason to be there to fight anyone. They stand on the sidelines and make sure nobody gets hurt by the nutcases that show up from Boogaloo and these other organizations. Correct. You know, and, and again the- and again, we're seeing people get arrested that are that are opportunists, mm-hmm. that are boogaloo boys that are right. you know at these protests trying to incite violence that may or may not exist you know and the the thing is is like they're like oh yeah there's gonna be later on there'll be all these arrests i'm like no there's not because antifa oh. isn't there to fight they're there to protect now they're not we're there not because there to protect we're, we're a support group we're there yeah. because you know if we're anti-fascist police is Police are the best um, personification of that fascism for us. And we're going to be out there saying, yo, Black Lives Matter. We've been telling yep. you that for years. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really the communities that these rallies are happening in that are taking the lead. And and it's important for us to come out and support those communities. And I'm not just talking about major cities or places where um, things have been um, tragically happening. I'm also talking about those small towns that almost never see rallies, like the one I come from, coming out and saying, we are going to change what's been going on out there. And that has um that has resulted in a lot of um pushback from the locals who are in red states who are in red towns who did not expect their neighbors to put together a black lives matter rally oh that's amazing and that has and that has been yeah. met with some positive results or some hostile results yeah. and that and that's what I'm talking about when they say when they hear that Black Lives Matter is going to be um, there's going to be a Black Lives Matter rally in their small town. They think Antifa's coming, and yeah. I say Antifa facetiously. Um, yeah, that's so true. My my cousin lives in rural Illinois, and he thinks Antifa is going to show up in buses to beat up rednecks. Yeah, because that's what Alex Jones or some conspiracy theorist. That's fucking insane. Well, 
I had a I had a text back and forth with you know one of the motorcycle clubs that was supposedly going to go up to Seattle as well because I I happen to know somebody that's involved in that specific club and he basically texted me back and said fake news. <laughs> I don't yeah, want anything to is. do with that. Hell's Angels <laughs> have to come out and say no. They don't have anything to do with that shit. Not us. <laughs> yep. And they, um and they want and nothing to do with that. Because that's and, basically um, a trap, too. I mean, you know, talk about a, a a trap by police for everybody. And I got, and I got to tell these militia groups something. Um, if you keep falling for these um, conspiracy theories about us, how much are you actually protecting the society that you say you care about? If you are so gullible that you will run to. Uh, <laughs> Gettysburg, because you heard that on the 4th of November, we're going to burn <laughs> Gettysburg down. Yeah. That's, I mean, just the conspiracies alone are problematic enough, but that you have all these people like showing up in these rural towns, like with their, with their weapons waiting for these invasions that never happen, you know? So like you said, and Alex I'm, Jones makes money off this. Yeah. And, it's, and, and it's frustrating because I remember okay. listening to Alex Jones back in the day. Um, when all he had was like v, um, VHS tapes, yeah, and I never thought he would get this far. I didn't and, either, and and that's probably why. I mean, I would tell people people would ask me about the whole um, Antifa thing that's being a terrorist, terrorist and all that, and I would say, you know what? Honestly, I look upon it as just being simply annoying, and people been pushing back on me on that because folks are actually getting hurt by that, and they're right. Yeah. It's more than just annoying. It used yeah. to be just annoying, but no, not anymore. Um, I think we have to start being vigilant against those that are putting out those lies, up to and including the president. Uh, we have to do more than just yell at them. We do have to be proactive against the things that uh that have been going on, they have their freedom of speech, but by the same token, this is really the definition of yelling fire in the crowd of theater. Yeah. You are telling people, you're causing undue alarm or panic. Yeah. And well, when and you're a, doing that, that's not free speech. It's not. And I think the other part of that that's really important to point out, and this is where I've gotten in arguments with so-called constitutionalists as well, the Constitution does not protect free speech between citizens. It protects us from a tyrannical government. And it was laid out because of the fear of a King George situation. You know, it wasn't laid out because they were worried about communities rising up and not allowing hate speech in their in their local towns. <laughs> you know? And so when people use the and I people have the right that you're you're totally right. I people can have their free speech, but when they're when they're when their speech involves the inclusion of uh, you know, the genocide of other races, that's no longer free speech. Well, well, sadly, it is, but there is a way to handle it. Is a way to handle it so you don't have, end up um, get, once they get back in power telling us that we're threatening to them and they can shut us up too. But I will tell you, going back to Lafayette Park, that was the best illustration of a violation of freedom of speech. That um, it is the textbook definition of what what he did 
was violate the freedom of speech of all those folks. The government did that mm-hmm. for right. his photo op. And we well, you have a right to assembly. I mean, it's, 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 I hate that Trump makes us argue, like, have to like explain shit we already know. You know what I mean? And now, and now, what we have to deal with is those Facebook ads. Now that was now, now now you can't escape that one. You can't escape that one. The That's Facebook brutal. ads where he was calling for um, never mind what was being said. I mean, disregard all the um ranting and raving about Antifa. Using the red triangle <laughs> and in ads yeah. that posted onto Facebook eighty-eight times that and the first insane. sentence. The first sentence of those ads had 14 words in it. Somebody playing games that's working with Donald Trump. We know who it is. Well, we like to think so. We like to think so. (laughs) I mean, he has a lot of people in his staff. I know, but that there's there's one person that's smarter than the rest of them. Yeah, but that one person. Yeah, yeah, he was friends with Richard Spencer at one time, but he's also Jewish. If he's doing this, if it's him, he, I mean, you know, he could be a part of it. Yes. Okay. I think that some folks that might have been, might have left the organization, <laughs> might have left the Trump administration could be involved too. I mean, we don't know. That's true. That's very true. We don't know who in particular it is, but we don't do know who signed off on it. And that's the person that's going to have to be called out. And that's Donnie. And we got to start doing things a little bit more effectively and we can do that. All we have to do is just simply put the pedal to the metal. Shit will get off the pot. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. we, we are not helpless. If we are helpless, if there is nothing that we can do to stop this, then we got a bigger problem as a country. We got a bigger problem as a country. If we can't stop this, we are not as free as we say we are. And I tend not to believe that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that yeah, those ads were insane. That was that was a smoking gun. That that wasn't even a smoking gun. That that was the report. That was the firing yeah. of that gun. Yep. Well they they yeah, they 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 they, they leapfrogged over dog whistles at that point. No, no, no. That was a bullhorn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and 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 again, and again I think in the end, it is always going to be more about us, we the people, as opposed to about Trump. And it's going to be how we relate to each other. And most importantly, what it is we want going forward. So when you see the protests out there, when you see people getting out in the streets about um, about one case after another, um, it's us saying we are going to figure out how we're going to go forward as a country. Uh, and, and sadly, like I pointed out with the Providence case, it's still going on regardless of how angry we are. Which mm-hmm. said to me that the police are still not scared of repercussions. And that's a problem. That's a big problem. Yeah, they seem to be just skating free, too, on a lot of this stuff. Because, you know, there's still, I mean, I think the interesting thing, you know, Joshua mentioned earlier about the media sort of starting to actually tr- turn against him. But, mm-hmm. you know, there's still a hell of a lot of, like, whataboutism going on and both-sider bullshit. 
you know, um, Chuck Todd's a great example. He loves that. Uh, I would say when it comes to the whataboutism, uh, I think people are pretty much ignoring it. I think they're ignoring conservatives um, in general because um, because they really don't have a leg to stand on. We know what they're going to do. We know what uh, what kind of stunts they're going to pull. Yeah, we are getting pissed off at the stunts that Candace Owens is uh, is about, but we're not taking her seriously. All mm-hmm. we know to do is get out in the street and just basically offset everything that they're saying. And that's what's been happening. Um, it's been amazing to see these these non these just protests going on. Mm-hmm. After that initial kind of chaos, they just kept going and going. They, I was at I was out the other day in Oakland. There was just some some pop up protests. Uh, mm-hmm. It's great. Princeton had one today. I was I was in the office. <laughs> I was busy as sin trying to um, take care of some other things and get some stories about other rallies going um, going on. And then I get a call. Yo, Princeton's having a rally. Princeton's a half hour away from me. And I was going to go out there and videotape it, but I said, "No, nah, I there's people there." <laughs> so I just so I just sat here and um, went to my work. But um, but yeah, that's exactly what's going on. And again, it's it's going to be a long summer. We still have the conventions to contend with. Mm-hmm. And boy, do I expect drama at the conventions. The um, you're talking about the Democratic and the Democratic Republican and Republican conventions. The Democratic conventions, I expect some drama because it's going to be in Milwaukee, and Minneapolis isn't too far away. The Republican conventions, the last time of um, the last time they had a convention, it was in Cleveland, and the uh, the neo Nazis had the run of the place because there wasn't a lot of us in the street. There was a whole hell of a lot of them out there. And now we're going to have it not just in Charlotte, North Carolina, but also in Jacksonville, Florida. And to give you an idea how bad Jacksonville, Florida is, we tried to put together my organization, One People's Project, um, was putting on a benefit show at, um, at a club down there. We had to cancel the show, or the club canceled the show in the interest of safety after somebody shot out the windows of the club the week, the night before. Yeah, that place sounds horrible. <laughs> so, so now we're going to have those neo-Nazis in the streets of Jacksonville with us. Yeah, I see some drama going on. I see a lot of drama going on down in Jacksonville. Homer Lynn Skinner. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's going to be brutal. <laughs> no disrespect to Lynn Skinner. I actually like him. But... <laughs> it's going to be a, it's going to be an interesting uh, it's going to be an interesting few days we down there. Appreciate you coming on in such short notice. We're going to try to get this one up uh, like quick right style. Away. Yeah. So, oh no, no, so, I, pre- I appreciate yeah. you having me. <laughs> so what um, I noticed we we quickly talked before we jumped on but um so what how'd that cnn thing come down that you did that was pretty amazing actually i'm not i'm not a big cnn fan so i just the only reason i watched it is because you were on it (laughs) well i've been on cnn in the past i think i've been on cnn this this would have been my well i've i've actually um 
did an interview for CNN once before. I don't know if it aired. And then I was in the studio for CNN. And, you know, CNN and I have a relationship. But, yeah. you know, Ellie Reeve, who is um, who is now who, who interviewed me, she was with Vice, Vice News, and she was the one who did the uh, – First Charlottesville footage that uh, the Charlottesville piece that was on HBO. Oh yeah, yeah. And um, and I've been talking back and forth with her for years, so we had a relationship. And she asked me to come on to talk about Antifa since Donald Trump had to um had to pop off with his nonsense. So I asked her to come down to my hometown, where um, some people's project is based in New Brunswick. I'm from Somerset, New Jersey. The next and I asked her to come down um, and interview me there, here rather, and then attend a rally that we were putting on in, in Somerset, New Jersey, in Franklin Township. Because there you will see a lot of young black people, black men and women, black boys and girls that, um, that were putting it together. And they would see the other side of all the stuff that you saw in the media, you know, so, that's and, awesome. and that's exactly what we saw. That's exactly what we saw when they put it out there. You had, see, cause basically what, where I'm from, we are the, um, the black, black community in, in um, Somerset, New Jersey, is pretty much middle-class where folks, where folks who grew up, um, whose parents are so mad, have grown up in Brooklyn or in Newark or where it's really hot and heavy up there, and they just wanted to get away from it, and they moved to the suburbs, and we created pretty much a black suburb. I grew up in that, and you basically see a lot of um, a lot of kids growing up that just end up becoming professional people, basically upwardly mobile, so to speak. And that's what you saw whenever you came to um Frank came to Franklin Township, and you still see it today. And that's who was putting together the rallies. I don't so, think a lot of people have ever seen that. They need to they need to open their eyes. We're out there. <laughs> we are so out there, and it's it's so funny too because Franklin Township that's the other name for it. Franklin Township has never really seen rallies. They don't we don't really put on rallies. We might have trouble with the police here and there. I mean, we just got our first black police commissioner just a couple of weeks ago, black female police commissioner. And um now we've had two or three over the past couple of weeks. Wow, that seems like a pretty big sea change all of a sudden. Yeah, I mean that's huge. That's how serious things are. Now, the town that I'm talking to you from right now, New Brunswick very different dynamic. Mm-hmm. We've had police shootings. We had people getting killed. Sissy Adams comes to mind. Um, and we've had our rallies. And I'll tell you, it's so funny, too, because um, you come to the rallies here in New Brunswick or you go to the rallies in um, New York. You see all the fuck 12 signs. You hear people just dropping F-bombs all over the place. They're angry. It wasn't the case in Somerset, New Jersey. It wasn't the case there. It was just basically young people saying we're fired up, we can't take no more, we're angry, defund the police, yeah, and all that. And um, I'm not saying one is better than the other. I'm saying that there are two dynamics going on. You had mm-hmm. you had um, people that were getting directly impacted by police violence here in New Brunswick, 
and folks in Somerset, New Jersey, who recognize that can happen to me. Mm-hmm. That has happened to me, even right. though I'm upwardly mobile, <laughs> you know, even though I'm going to college in September. That happened to me. So the two worlds, the two worlds were always together, but the two worlds made it clear we are together today. So, right, that that bridged any yeah. economic gap you're saying. That, mm-hmm. that, and that and it really wasn't a divide. It really wasn't right. a divide. Those are our brothers and sisters, literally. Right. And um, those are our cousins. This is this is family. I mean, my father, when we moved out of North, we moved out of North New Jersey the day after I was born. Um, he still worked there. He still kept on trying to get people. Um, he, he was a counselor. He was a, he was, um, yeah, that's the best way to put it. He was a counselor and he was, it was basically there to help people build their lives. He didn't forget about where he came from or anything like that. It wasn't, it's never like that when it comes to, um, Franklin Township, when it comes to Somerset, New Jersey, it's just simply, um, we had the ability to get out and we are still going to help everyone else in our families, our friends that we left behind. Cause you were in an environment where you could. Cause we were in an environment where we could. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact of the matter is I don't have a criminal record. Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, I've been in handcuffs several times. <laughs> I'm not surprised. <laughs> and not because of protests either. I mean, I think twice it was politically motivated. Still not surprised. <laughs> I mean, you had some stuff going on in court last year, right? That was a really interesting situation, though, because when you, t- I mean, I never even had to walk into the courtroom for that one. Here's, and I'm so glad you pointed that one out because this is important. Hudson County, Jersey. Um, in Jersey City, there was a guy, I'm going to drop his name. His name is Joel Marasco. He is a associate, I would say, of the Council of Conservative Citizens and has been for a long time. He is also a public defender in Hudson County. Magazine article came out about that. I jumped on it and um, wrote something myself about him. And, And he has been doing everything he can to keep that off the internet. He has been trying to get the bio taken down. He's trying to get his picture taken off the website. And finally, he decided to file a criminal complaint against me for cyber stalking and ethnic intimidation. Oh, we'll post it on our site if you want. It's no huh? problem. Oh, no, no, no. It's on our site. It's on okay, our site. Good. Oh, no, good. no. Oh, no. I'm not worried about him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the fact of the matter is, when he did that, when he did that, um, I was like, I've never actually spoken to him. He sick the FBI on me once. Um, <laughs> my so he's decided to file this criminal complaint against me, and it was definitely hurting my job. So I just went mm. to um, Facebook and told him, "Look, I'm going to have to let everybody know what is going on because I'm going to need some money to, to to fight this. I never like asking for money, <laughs> and I got and I got enough money to handle the situation and. It's okay. Everything's fine. It's all gone. I got, I, like I said, yeah. I never even had to walk into a courtroom. Yeah. I was pretty much the, the lawyer went in there and said, "This is bullshit," and then the judge agreed, and the rest. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So I, nice when it can just get no handled charge, that way. No charges filed ever. It was just a complaint. The biggest problem I have, he's still a public defender. That is so fucked. If you want to know why we have a have a screwed up criminal justice system, you have somebody that you know is a white supremacist or at least associated within those circles as a public defender right now in Jersey City, New Jersey. And that has got to change. He has to lose his job. He has to lose his job. Once again, we have the tools in our hand. We can fix these things. Right. You're saying that we just, we make a big scene, we finger wag, and then we don't actually, that's, there's that's no right consequences. Now, that's right now is the biggest problem. And when you're talking about something um, so dire right now, where we are concerned that Donald Trump is going to impose martial law. Now, I don't think necessarily he is going to do that. But again, I didn't think he was going to win in 2016. Yeah, so, no kidding. Yeah, no every, any, everything's possible. Everything's possible now. I didn't think he was going to have troops chase everybody out of Lafayette Park so we can just get a picture taken. So anything is possible. And because that is one of those things, finger wagging is not good. If you believe that that is something that he is going to do, then you can't wait until November. This is why I say it's not rhetoric. This is why I say it's not hyperbolic when I say we can't wait until November. We can do things. We can impeach him again. If anybody gets in the way of that impeachment, investigate them. Maybe they have a reason why. Maybe they need to get impeached from the Senate. Could we, if we were lazy and we wanted to help, could we donate money to One People's Project or something? Yes, you can. Um, We have... uh, um, we have a donate page on our, um, <laughs> our website. Lazy and want to help. Yes, That's me, baby. One, um, OnePeoplesProject.com. Just click on that donate button, and it just takes you to just takes you to where you can help. And we are really, um, we are really getting a lot of support over the past couple of weeks. I got to tell you, and I want to amazing. Thank you to everybody. Um, we're still going to need a lot of help, and we're working with coalitions. Um, we're working with a coalition of people around the country right now where it's not just um, asking help for us, but in the middle of all of the stuff that's going on right now, um, we're also looking at those food banks getting depleted and we're going to try to help them too. So there's a lot of things going on. And not just that, but if you were paying attention to the story earlier, uh, you had to pay a lot of money for telling the truth. Yes. Uh, and, yeah. uh, you know, because they'll throw, like, le- they have the power to throw things at you that you won't be able to fight legally because you just won't have the money and stuff. Um, I'm thinking of, yeah. you know, when I think about the fact that um, you have some of these so-called think tanks and some of these um, right-wing propaganda organizations that didn't have um, that didn't have any money just last year, now having $8 million in the bank while we're sitting there trying to figure out how we're going to take them down. I mean, that's one of the, that's one of the um, more frustrating things, but I mean, it's never then again for one people's project. It's never really been about the money. It's been about trying to get the work done. Now we know we got to play to a higher level. Now we know we got to just make things happen. 
And yeah, we, strike while the iron's hot. We're, we'll definitely put a link up uh, yeah. to, to people can donate on our site when we post this. Um, yeah. And thank you so much for coming on the show again. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, thank fantastic. You, thank you for having me. I love doing this. I love talking to people about what's going on out there because the bottom line is uh, there's really – nothing to be afraid of if you're ready to dance that dance to be honest we are a better people than we give ourselves credit for i will repeat Mm. that to the day i die and we just gotta show it from time to time the reason why um the reason why donald trump is playing to an empty crowd right now is not just because of the um pandemic it's also because people are getting sick of him Mm -hmm. he was trying to pick a fight he was trying to start something um, at this at this um, rally, and mm-hmm. people said, "No, we're not going to be a part of that. We cannot be a part of that because we have we care about our lives. We care about our future a lot more than you probably do." So they stayed away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. great. This is yeah. I always so, feel better when I talk to you, Daryl. Me too. <laughs> We'll probably we'll probably have you on a couple months again because yeah, it's just fucking worse. We just gotta month. keep doing it, and <laughs> yeah. um, we're trying to get a couple other people on to maybe do a panel at some point. Do you know James here. Tracy that wrote the that the book about that recent book, the No No Fascist USA? Um, I'm not. I'm I'm vaguely familiar with Mr. Tracy, but um, I haven't seen his book yet. Yeah. Um, I'll I'll send a digital copy over to you. Excellent. Uh, it's real good it it traces the the uh the the john brown anti-clan committee oh by the way there is something else that we're going to be doing in october uh it's going to be john brown's 161st anniversary of the raid on harper's ferry okay now anyone knows the numeric um numeric significance of 161 161 AFA anti-fascist action. Awesome. <laughs> We're trying to do something on that weekend. Um, now, fortunately, because of the pandemic, all of our plans have been scuttled. So we're going to, um, so, so we have something planned for that weekend, maybe a video or something like that. And uh, I'll give, as we get, go along, we'll keep you posted. Well, on. That's a good yeah, opportunity to have you back on too, to, mm-hmm. to, to promote it. And so I'm not going to get into our normal, like, uh, donations for the season on this show. I'm sure. just going to say donate to one people's project. Uh, we'll put a link up on the site. Um, I put my money where my mouth is and just did so during the show. So, Thank uh, you. yes. And, um, Thank you know, you. I think that, these are the kinds of projects, the grassroots projects, where you've got somebody on on the side of uh, of of justice for everyone that's willing to have an honest, open conversation um, with anyone, which is just amazing. I've seen tons of videos of Daryl just talk, literally talking to anyone about what he's trying to do, what what the organization represents. And there's there's nobody that he won't give his time to if you really want to have an educated conversation. And that's incredibly rare these days. So I got to send a lot of respect for that. I, I don't fall into that category sometimes because I just get pissed. But you, you do an incredible job maintaining your cool under very stressful situations at times. And, you know, obviously you don't need to. But you do, and uh, your your intelligence and your ability to to kind of hold space and do what you need to do to get your point across is truly commendable. And we we love having you on, man. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate all of that. And 
you know, sometimes people can, um, there, there's just a lot of folks that aren't prepared to um, just talk to people. And it, it, there's a lot of anger right now. There's a lot of emotions riding through everybody, a lot of fear. And mm. I, I, my mission in life is to basically ease those fears, calm those fears down. Because uh, as I said before, we got this. Yeah, we, we got, got this. Well, there you, it is. I've been waiting. I've been waiting the whole show to hear you say that. <laughs> Thanks yeah. for listening, everyone. Uh, go to our website. We'll have a link up if you want to donate. I, uh, if you have more questions about Antifa, uh, you know, we're here to answer them. Have a great week. 